I said, are you ready? Are you ready for God to do something that man can't do? Are you ready to see him in power and glory like none, never in your life? Are you ready for a revival? Say amen. Let's see what it's all about. What is real revival? What is real revival? In this story, I, I'm not going to read every, every, every verse in this chapter, but let me, let me lead you up to the situation where we're at. If you go back, if you go back two chapters, you'll find uh, uh, some really good information that will help you understand what is happening on this mountain. First, we find, uh, before, we, before we deal with anything, I think we need to know the need for revival. Say that with me. There is a, a need for revival. We're not going to go to the doctor unless we feel like we need it. Well, men won't. Men won't. We, we just and we, we don't even want to go then, uh, except somebody forces us to go. But you're not going to take measures. You're not going to move. You're not going to do anything unless you see a need. So first, let's talk about that. What is the, Why are we talking about revival? Why are we planning revival? What is, the, what is the whole purpose of this deal? Why do we need revival? I'm going to describe. I'm going to describe the condition of the time that Elijah was in and why he was doing what he did. Why in the very beginning in chapter 17 did he pray that God would stop the rain? He was trying to get the people's attention. The people were living wickedly. The people were following an idol. They were following a false god. And the nation was completely had turned their back on God. So he said, God, get their attention. Now you got to understand. When he said that, and the way he got their attention, it messed with their pocketbook. Because this was an agriculture society. When he said, stop the rain, basically he's saying, stop their paycheck. Are y'all with me? Now, how bad do we want revival? How bad do we want to turn this nation and turn this country around? He prayed that it would stop raining because he really, really understood the need for revival. He said, Preacher, why do we need revival? First thing I want you to see, that what he faced in that day. First, there were, there were uh, wicked politicians. Y'all with me? Y'all ain't got so sucked in that y'all don't understand truth and reality, right? Wicked politicians. Now, I'm just reading the Bible. Now, y'all don't get all, all politically sideways. And I mean, everybody, can, you can't talk religion or, or politics unless you're at Temple. And we're going to talk about both today. Amen? The Bible says, 1 Kings chapter number 16, verse 33. 1 Kings 16, 33. This is the king. This is describing the king. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all of the kings of Israel that were before him. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something, that he was dealing with the most wicked king that Israel had ever had. Now, I don't know if you are, are even recognizing this or if your spiritual antennas are going up or not. And I want everybody to know this before we go any further. I, I, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat. We are living in a society where there is so many wicked politicians, we don't know who's telling the truth. I believe they're all crooked. I believe if they're not crooked when they get there, they'll be crooked after they're there a while. Amen. 
And I believe with all of my heart, I'm telling you, when I was watching, when I was watching the, 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 the review and, and them playing over and over, the, the fact where they were trying to vote God back on the platform and they were booing God, chills went down my spine that here in the United States of America where we pledge allegiance to a God in heaven and we believe in God we trust, that on national TV, Americans are booing God. We are in a mess. We are in a mess. They have made it where, listen, homosexuals can be homosexual openly in the military. Uh, free wholesale abortion, it doesn't matter. Just kill babies. Don't, listen, it does, we are in a mess. Wicked politicians. Wicked politicians. Not only that, but we see. Now, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. Y'all don't get sideways. Y'all loosen up a little bit. Amen. 1 Kings 16, 33. Ahab did more to provoke God to, to anger than any king before him. But then I want you to see this. Not only wicked politicians, but there was a weakening prosperity. A weakening prosperity. Ahab in chapter 17, and, 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 yes, chapter 17, he tells his, he tells his uh, 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 no, excuse me, chapter 18. He tells his servant, he says, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of water, unto all the brooks, peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive that we lose not all the beasts. What was happening? The animals begin to die. They were an agriculture society. So what happened? Their economy was busted. Their economy was in trouble. Their economy was hurting. Does that sound familiar? We have wicked politicians. We have a weakening prosperity. And then thirdly, we have a bunch of worthless preachers. I said it. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says, and I'm reading right out the Bible. Right out the Bible. Watch what it says in, in, in 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18 verse 19. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel is King Ahab's wife. Jezebel was running the religious, uh, 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 the religious fervor of the day. She was kind of head over that deal. In other words, these 850 preachers were all about being politically correct. They were all about telling people what the, the political faction wanted them to say. They were leading them into wickedness. They were leading them into idolatry for a paycheck. They ate at Jezebel's table. Now I'm telling you, we've got people on TV today, we've got preachers on the radio today that all they care about is a paycheck, all they care about is being politically correct, all they care about is writing the next famous book, all they care about is the praise of man, but I'm telling you, we need men of God to stand up and take the Bible, open it up and say this is what God says, if you like it, you like it, if you don't, you don't, black is black and white is white, sin is sin, somebody say Amen. Amen. They needed revival desperately. Because, and I'm telling you, they were outnumbered. Elijah to 850. Just because you're in the majority doesn't make you right. Amen? Can y'all see the need for revival? Not only do we have wicked politicians. Not only do we have a weakening prosperity. Not only do we have worthless preachers. But then we got some other things going on. 
We got some wishy-washy people. And I looked it up. It's in Webster's. It's there, amen. It's not on spell check, but it's in Webster's, amen. Wishy-washy. How many of y'all know what wishy-washy is? How many of y'all have known some wishy-washy people? See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking English. Y'all know what I'm saying. Say, where's that in the Bible? Watch this. 1 Kings 18, 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, What's wrong with them? They wishy-washy. You know what's wrong with churches in America today? It's full of wishy-washy people. The Bible says in the last days, the Bible says in the last days that, that we, will, we will live in a lukewarm culture, a lukewarm society where they're not hot and they're not cold. You know what that means? They're not in, but they're not out. They're not holy for God, but they're not holy for the world. They want God to be their Savior, but not their Lord. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want Him to tell them what to do. They don't want to commit and be responsible and accountable. They just said, hey, leave us alone. Let us do our own thing. We'll do it on our own time in our own way. And they don't want to commit to anything. We need revival. See, Jesus said in order to be a disciple, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. I don't see that in a lot of churches today. I don't see the kind of discipleship and the kind of commitment and the kind of selling out. Kind of like, kind of like the pastor that just got released in Iran. Wasn't that the coolest thing? How many of y'all have, have been keeping up with Pastor Youssef in, in Iran who was going to be killed for his faith? They, they said that they were going to hang him because unless he denied Christ, and he said, I cannot. Now, I wonder if, 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 if a militant faction came into most churches in America today and said, we're going to hang you unless you deny Christ. I wonder what really would happen. You see, that's the kind of Christians that this world needs to stand and have a backbone. What do we need, preacher? Revival. Revival. How many of y'all can see in this chapter and in our society today how desperately we need revival? So what do we do? What do we do? I want you to see, number two, the necessities for revival. Not only do we see we need it, what do we need to do to get it? Uh, do we need to have a souped-up preacher from out of town? I hope not, because we ain't got one coming. I don't, I don't believe that's what it takes. I don't believe that's what it takes. But I believe we can find what it takes right in this chapter. Let's see what, what Elijah did. Let's see what Elijah did. First, I want you to look in, in, uh, in well, let me, let me just describe it. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Because we're not going to take time to read it all. Uh, but here's what happened. Let me, let me just narrate it a little bit. Uh, Elijah, the man of God, is, 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 has prayed. Uh, three and a half years, no rain. Uh, you know, the people, it's really got the people's attention. But they're still hem-hawing around. They're still wishy-washy. They won't commit to God and get right so the rain will come. And uh, so they have a contest. They have a challenge. Elijah says, you get, you get all the prophets of Baal. And you get the people and meet me on Mount Carmel. And we're going to have a showdown. We're going to have a contest. We're going to have a challenge. And so they all got up there, and here they are, and they're waiting. And Elijah says, I tell you what we're going to do. Let's build an altar. Let's, let's, let's get the altar. And you get, you get a calf, and you, 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 you sacrifice that calf, and don't put no fire under it. And you call on your God, 
And I'm going to get one and I'm going to call on my God. And I like this. And the God that answers by fire. I'm glad that we serve a God who can answer by fire. It says that he is a consuming fire. Amen. You say, how do you know? He was, listen, he was a fire in that burning bush that met Moses. Amen. He is a fire. He said the the, the God who answers by fire, he's going to be the real one. They said, man, that sounds great. That sounds like a plan. And now, here's what happens. The, the, The 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove, they get together and they begin to pray and they begin to do their thing. They begin to ask Baal, oh, Baal, come, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, meet our prayers. Oh, Baal, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, help us. I'm talking about from the morning till the afternoon. Oh, Baal. And Elijah has a sense of humor. He begins to mock them. Holler a little louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom. It's there. Maybe he's on a journey. You might need it. Hey, he might be asleep. He had to have been Baptist. Amen. I mean, he's just messing with them. Just messing with them. And they get so frustrated, they begin to cut themselves. And just, 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 just do everything and harm themselves trying to get an answer. You know, that's happening today. And the Bible says there was no word, no answer. Isn't it, isn't it a shame that when people spend their life for the devil, and they, they pretty much just, just live their life, just in a hellish way and for the devil and then when they really need him he's not there listen we, we run we run around crazy we run around in sin we run around having a time of our life we think living our life for the devil and then when those cuffs get on them hands and you pray oh help me he's gone when you hear that that word from the doctor he's no longer there when she comes and says, I'm pregnant, or when he comes and says, I'm leaving, whatever it is, and he ain't there no more. That's the way the devil will leave you. And we find they were, they were a failure. So, so Elijah said, all right, go on. You had your chance. And this is what he does. This is what he does. And this is what I think we need to do. Chapter, now I'm, I'm, I'm giving you Bible, chapter, and verse for everything I say. Watch this in verse 30. 1 Kings 18, verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And read it with me. And he repaired. He, it with me. Everybody, come on, let's read together. It's up on the screen, I think, if, if it's not. Yeah, there it is. It says, help me now. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You know, I think the first necessity for revival is we're going to have to repair the altar. The Bible says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will, t- I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. Are y'all with me? In other words, I will intervene on their behalf, but it's not going to happen until we learn to pray again. Every great revival in the history of mankind came out of a prayer meeting. Listen, the book of Acts, the, 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 great, the great move of God in the early church came out of a prayer meeting. Why? Because he said, seek me. 
Seek me. He said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God's not going to do for us what he's commanded us to do. And I'm telling you, I believe there are so many people without power, without help, without the, the necessities of life, without provisions, because they have not come to God in real sincere prayer and said, God, I need your touch. I need your help. God, would you move on our behalf? We're going to have to pray again. Let me tell you something. You're sitting, Donnie Lawrence is sitting right here, Donnie Lawrence is sitting right here, you're sitting in an answered prayer, am I right? Where's Bob Phillips? He's in, Bob Phillips, am I telling the truth? Y'all were here. You're sitting in an answered prayer. This didn't get here by itself, it was prayed here. You didn't get here, but you were prayed here. Who prayed for me? You have no idea how many people prayed for you. Thank God for people that's prayed for us and we didn't even know was praying for us. Before anything took place, before any fire fell, before any move of God, we're going to have to repair the altar. We're going to have to repair the altar. Second thing he did, second thing he did, in the very next verse, see this is, this is, homiletical preaching this is expository preaching in other words we're just preaching the book we're not coming up with our ideas we're just telling you what God said in verse 30 he repaired the altar in verse 31 Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came saying Israel shall be thy name he reminded them of their ancestry he said do you realize who you are Do you realize you are the children of God? You are the nation of Israel. Listen, you are of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He began to remind them who they were. Now, why is that so important? I really believe with all of my heart that we will not pray like we need to pray until we remember who we really are. God said this, when you pray... Pray in this manner, our Father, say it with me, our Father which art in heaven. What does that mean? That represents relationship. That represents that we are the children of the king. That represents we have a royal bloodline. We have a royal ancestry. We have a God in heaven who wants to meet our needs. We have a God in heaven who wants to provide for his children. We have a father in heaven who wants to protect his people. I'm telling you, we need to remember who we are. We're not just anybody. We're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a chosen people. We are God's children. I've got a daughter about that big. Her name is Mackenzie Grace. And people that come to my office, everybody that comes to my office, before they enter my office, they do this right here. And they wait for permission to come in my office. Mackenzie waits on no one. Mackenzie comes down the aisle. I can hear her coming because she sounds like an elephant coming down with them big feet of hers. And she's coming down that aisle, and I know what's fixing to happen. I don't care if the person in my office is broken and crying and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and confessing sins. They don't need to be confessing to me. Say amen. I don't care what's happening in my office. No matter what's happening in my office, here she comes. The door flies open, and she flies in like Kramer. 
it doesn't matter. You know why? Because her daddy is on the other side and she has a right to get to her father. She has the opportunity to get to her father. She has a special privilege that nobody else has because I'm her daddy. And I'm glad anytime I need it, anytime I want it, anytime I'm good and well ready, I can go to my father in heaven and say, Father, I have a need. Father, I have a problem. Father, I have a burden on my heart that I can't carry anymore. And he said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Cast thy care upon the Lord for he careth for you. I need somebody to help me this morning. Help me. Do you remember who you are? I don't care what the world called you. I don't care what they think you are. I really don't even care who you think you are. Because some of you don't think too highly of your own self. And in ourselves, we don't have much to think highly of. But in God, we're everything. I saw an old boy, I saw an old boy had it, and he didn't look like he had it all together. He was a few french fries short of a Happy Meal, Chad. I'm telling you, it was. Elevator did not go all the way up. The lights was on, but nobody was home. Say amen. And anything else you want to put there. But he had on his hat. He had on his hat. I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. I said, do it, son. Amen. Do you realize who you are? Why are we going around in lack? Why are we going around worried to death about what's going to happen? Why are we? He's our father. Let me, let me ask you quick. This is how we, this is how we, how many of y'all go to a restaurant and you order from the right side of the page? Some of y'all will get it in a minute. We go to a restaurant and we'll check the prices and then move on over. I know who I'm preaching to. Are y'all with me? Y'all just now got it. Oh, yeah, we do do that, don't we? Do y'all think, think that Prince Harry and Prince William check the prices before they order their food? My Lord, no. Their granny's loaded. Say Amen. Honestly, and, and all joking aside, why are we fretting? My father owns more than Queen Elizabeth. Amen? See, sometimes we just, in order to experience revival, we need to be reminded of who we are. We're getting beat up just like the world. Isn't it amazing that the, 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 the same divorce rate that's in the world is in the church? That shouldn't be. Not that we're any better than anybody, but we have a power they don't have. We're God's children. Amen? He, he repaired the altar. He reminded them of their ancestry. But then he requested action. He said, look, watch this. This is great. And really, honestly, this is the message. This is the message. All the other stuff is fluff around it. But this is, this is what I want you to get. In, in verse number 36... Verse number 36, 
It says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. Now, this is what he, he's put the he's put the sacrifice on the altar. He's fixed the altar. He's repaired it, and he's put the sacrifice there. Now it's time for him to call fire down. They tried, didn't work. Now he's calling fire down. Now watch what he said. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know, now say it with me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. Ooh. This is the action that he requested. And this is, man, when I saw this, this, oh, man, this is one of them mm -hmm moments. Why do we want revival? They're in a drought. Their animals are dying. Their economy's terrible. They're in a bad way. They have burdens on them that they just can't, and they're ready to give up. And, 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 and so we need it to rain. Now, we know rain came. As we keep reading the chapter, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a second. But, but, but why do we want revival? Are we motivated by the fact that we want more people in the pews? Are we motivated by the fact that, you know, we, we want more money in the offering? Are, are we, are we motivated? Now, let's don't get super spiritual and throw halos on today, guys. Let's be honest. Let's just be real. How many of y'all really need this economy to turn around in your life? Dear God, Republican or Democrat, whoever, I want somebody to fix it. It's terrible out there. We're getting calls like we've never got before. I've been meeting with desperate people and praying and crying and tears. And, and I'm telling you, my nerves are just about, a, about frayed to the, to, the, to the very end with people that are hurting and broken and they don't know where else to turn and desperate. I want this economy to turn around. I want God to move in a desperate way. But if that is the motivation for wanting revival, I think, it's, I think it's wrong. I'm seeing that now. Even though it's a good thing. Even though it's a good thing for this building to be full. Even though it's a good thing for people to get saved. What did he ask for? Before he ever asked for rain. And matter of fact, before he ever did anything, this is what he asked. God Show who you really are. In other words, he wanted them to see God. There was a request and, and an asking for God to be magnified and glorified. What's the point? You remember when David went down in the, in the valley? Little David, little scrappy David. Wasn't he, wasn't he something? Man, we need a bunch of people like David in here. Ain't afraid of nothing. Amen. He come down in that valley, and here he goes, and the giant comes, giant big ugly scoundrel. He comes, and man, he gets mad. I mean, he's just torqued off. He's upset because he said he feels like he's being disrespected. And he said, what am I, a dog, that you would send this lad after me? And he begins to threaten him and cuss him and everything. Well, this is what David said. He turns around and said, he said listen, here, Goliath, you need to understand something. Today, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill all your buddies up on that hill. I'm going to take your head from off your shoulders, and this is why. Because everybody up on that hill and everybody up on that hill, they're going to know that there is a God in Israel. 
He did not ask for power just to kill the giant. He did not ask for power to save his hide down in that fight. He said, I want everybody to know that there's a God in Israel. Now, whether God fills the pews, whether God fills the offering plate, whether God does anything for us at all, if he will blow up in this place, in this community, see that there is a real God. He is a God that answers prayer. He is a God that meets needs. Oh, that we could go out of this building and this world see that there is a God in heaven by the witness that we have of them. I need a witness. That's revival. The Bible said they prayed that they would get boldness. This is in the book of Acts. And the Bible says with great boldness they proclaimed the word. In other words, they were witnesses of God. That's revival. Now when I saw this, God really convicted me. I'm not going to lie. I wish I was spiritual, but Sometimes I'm not. And I, I, want the, I want the stuff, man. I want the economy to turn around. I want the rain to come. and I want these pews filled. I want people to get saved. And, and, I, and I do. I want us to be able to, to, to our, our, our income get better and, and, and our offerings get better so we can meet more needs. So we can pay this building off. We can build this building. I want all that, but, but God said, but you better first want me. You better first want to magnify and glorify me. John said it best. He must increase, but I must. Y'all with me? Well, guess what? The fire fell. Shoom. Consumed the whole sacrifice and the water and everything else. Say, did revival come? Yep. How you know? Let me tell you. Three things happened. First, people repented. Watch what it says. Remember, we're preaching biblically. Watch what it says. In verse 38, the fire fell. Verse 39, watch this. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. Now remember, what did they say before? What did they say before? If God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, follow him. They answered him. Now watch what they say. Watch what they say. The Lord, he's the God. The Lord, he's the God. I wonder if they thought he might get off on his aim with that fire. Hey, we believe. We believe. Don't sin no more. Amen. You know what people will do when revival comes? They'll truly repent. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, thank God we don't have no statues of Baal. We don't, we don't bow down and burn candles to statues. I hope you don't. Amen. You don't have to do that to have idolatry in your life. Guess what will become an idol? Anything that's more important than God. Like football. Now, now don't get me wrong. I love it. Did y'all go yesterday to have a big time? Sit you, 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 I ain't gonna say it. I watched my game yesterday too, and I almost cussed twice, almost, all in the first half. But I repented and got right. Amen. It was. I had one night to get right before church. Amen. I love football, but if it's more important than God, it's idolatry. Guess what? Your children can be idolatry. I know as crazy as that sounds. You can put your children before God. Guess what? Our jobs 
can become idolatry. Anything that becomes more important than God. There's a, there's a few indicators. What do you spend the most money on? For where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. You'll know what a man likes by looking at his checkbook. His time and his checkbook. His day planner and his checkbook. Whatever he spends the most time with or whatever he spends the most money on, you can believe. That tells a lot about it. Amen? So I believe with all my heart when true revival comes, God will become first place again. God will become number one again. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my preferences anymore. It's not about my wants anymore. It's not about my desires anymore. It's all about him. He will become first again. When, when revival comes, people will repent. When revival comes, prophets were removed. It says in verse number 40, And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. What happened? They made a non-profit organization out of them. I love that one, man. That's just too good to, you know. They killed all of them. That's pretty severe, wouldn't you think? But guess what? They were the influences that were bringing the people away from God. How, how seriously does God take influences that bring us away from God? How seriously does God take things and sin in our life that brings us away from God? He said this, if I offend thee, I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty serious. That God would say, if, if there is something your eyes do it, there's something you're saying, if there is something in your life that's hindering you from being all that God wants you to be, pluck it out. It would be more important for you, or you're more, listen, it'd be better for you to go into heaven with one eye than to go into hell with both of them. So what's the point? The Bible says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily beset us. If, we, if real revival comes, people will repent and prophets will be removed. In other words, the sin and the hindrances and the influences in our life, we'll get them out. Some of you young people, you need to get rid of some of your friends. Because they're leading you down the wrong road. Y'all with me? Listen, some of the habits that we have, they need to be taken down to the brook and slain. Some of the places some of y'all have been going to, it's, it's causing you to fall, it's causing you to be tempted, and it's causing you to get weak spiritually, and you need to quit going to them places. When real revival comes, people will repent, prophets will remove, hindrances will be taken out of your life, you'll get rid of those things, but not only that, prosperity will be restored. Watch what the next verse says. Watch what the next verse says. Elijah said in verse 41, and he said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. In other words, celebrate. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. Had the rain came yet? I didn't even think about this in the other two services, but it just God just spoke this to my spirit just now. He said, There's a sound of abundance of rain. There wasn't no sound. Because he sent his servant. He said, Do you see anything? He said, Uh-uh. So could it then by faith, Elijah just said, y'all got things right now, it's going to come. Woo! 
In other words, he had such confidence that if we just get right and pray and get our life lined up with God, then the rains would automatically come. Because God has no reason in this world to withhold the blessings now. Isn't that good? In other words, we're asking God to bless before we get lined up. Why should God bless us if we're living in sin? Why would God bless us because all he would be doing is condoning our behavior? But oh, if we repair the altar. If we get those things out of our lives that don't need to be there and we line up with him, the blessings are going to come. Preacher, I can't see it yet. It's on the way. Are y'all with me? And y'all know it did. It began to rain. A cloud come up. And, and, and what did that mean? The economy turned around. The economy turned around. It was an agriculture society. Everything was based on the rain. And God says, I'm going to turn it around. If you turn around, I'm going to turn your situation around. I know what you're facing is bleak right now. I know your situation is dark right now. But if you'll turn around and put me first, I promise you, I'm going to turn your situation around. The Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job. And in the end, he gave him twice as much as he had before. And listen, and blessed him beyond our imagination. How many of y'all want revival? Fourthly, and this is it. This is it, one verse. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Some of y'all are thinking, well, that's, that's Elijah though, man. He's the prophet and all. And, you know, he's the most prolific prophet and and all of the, the, the Old Testament, you know, he's, he's like, you know, I, when I was growing up, I, I, used, I listened to Bible characters, and I, I, I watched people teach and, and preach about Bible characters, and it was like they was just larger than life. I mean, they just kind of floated out of heaven. I couldn't ever live up to that. I couldn't be that great and that powerful. And that, but watch what the Bible says. How many of y'all believe the Bible? How many of y'all would rather believe the Bible than your own understanding watch what the bible says james 5 16 confess your faults one to another pray one for another that ye may be healed watch what it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much now watch now watch elias what it says in the new testament is in reference to elijah so say it with me elijah all right say it with me elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Back up. Now watch. Read the first sentence with me. Elijah, read everybody, everybody read it because we're almost done. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as, now this is, this is Carter's New Living Translation. This is what that means. My grandma always told me growing up, son, don't ever be afraid of anybody. They put their britches on just like you do. In other words, in other words, he was just a man. He had weaknesses just like you and me. He had problems just like you and me. He had issues just like you and me. It wasn't the man. It was the master. He, he was just hooked up was something bigger than him. So what good is that? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
Somebody give him praise and glory in his house. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name.